Hey, let's, let's pray together. Uh, gracious God, it is so good to come in your presence, to worship you with all our heart and soul and mind and strength. We give ourselves to you this day. Lord, we pray that you would speak freshly to us, that your word might take root in our lives, and having been rooted there, that it would find expression in, in uh, bearing fruit for you. So, Lord, we just thank you for um, gracing us always with your many blessings, especially the blessings we have in Christ, in whose name we've gathered here. Amen. You may be seated. And uh, we want to thank the band. Uh, Kid Bender, you know, is not new to us. <laughs> you know, uh, Kit, um, the reason why I didn't recognize Kit is he grew a beard. But he would often play the keyboards for us. So, <laughs> so it's kind of cool to come in as a different person, a different persona. So thanks, thanks, guys. And uh, they'll come back. <laughs> well, uh, happy Mother's Day, of course, to all you mothers out there. Uh, Mother's Day is a very important day. In fact, every day should be Mother's Day. Because if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy, ever. It's true, isn't it? And uh, um, the mother in our household is very happy, and so is the father, namely me, uh, in that we uh, had a very nice celebration last night, uh, celebrating the engagement of our son, Michael, to uh, a young woman, woman by the name of... <laughs> now engaged to a, a young woman by the name of Marissa Hackett, and uh, they plan to be married in November. So my daughter's being married in September, and my son is being married in November. So this is a very big fall for us. This is bigger than Husky football. I mean, really, this is huge, really huge. So we're very excited at our house. And uh, it's kind of cool to think that we're gaining a, a son and a, and a daughter. So our family's growing. Very cool. Well, let's begin uh, today with uh, just a couple of short scripture passages, actually. The first one from the book of Exodus, one of the Ten Commandments. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Now, that's a verse very appropriate to the day. I just want you to notice that. And then these words from the book of Colossians. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, mothers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. Amen. Well, few uh, things are more important in, than, in life than family. It's, it's within the family that we receive our formative experiences. We learn to express and control emotions. We come to trust and relate to others. We acquire habits of, of thinking and feeling, behaving, that we call character. The circle of the family is or it ought to be a place of stability, a place where we receive unconditional love and comfort, a place where we are truly at home in the world. And it follows that the stronger the bonds in a family, the stronger the society. But it's no secret that the family in America has been under great stress for some time. The disappearance of the extended family, the high incidence of divorce, out-of-wedlock births, and the daily pressures of our 21st century life uh, 
have all taken their toll. Family members are often strangers to one another, and even when they are together, oftentimes relationships are strained. Some families are war zones, power struggles between parents and children, leaving both parties feeling exhausted and frustrated. Judith Viorst, who is a journalist, author of, of children's books, I think she wrote that book called Alexander and the Horrible, Terrible, No Good Day, or something like that. One of the classics of children literature, I remember that. Well, this, uh, this author was interviewing children for one of her projects, and one of the stories went like this. My mommy is, got so mad, said Megan, she yanked the plate off of the table and the mashed potatoes flew right into the air. And she was asked why a mother would ever do a thing like that. Well, she said, she told my brother to eat his mashed potatoes, and Mike said, soon. Then she told him to eat his potatoes, and Mike said, in a minute. And then she told him again. Mike said, well, how can I eat them? They're cold. That's just one little scene, a little vignette that describes kind of what happens at the family table when families get together, if they do get together. But there's always kind of that little power struggle going on. Parents and children played out in different ways in our homes. If families are to be strengthened, then we need to institute some old-fashioned values, namely, honor and respect for one another. And that's, this, to me, is the key to the renewal of family life. God thinks it's pretty important, too, for the old commandment is as relevant as ever. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land which the Lord your God gives you. God has a profound concern for the quality of our family life. Uh, it's one of the Ten Commandments, honor your father and mother, right? It's not one of the Ten Suggestions. It's the only commandment with a promise. Obey it and you'll live long in the land. So that showing honor is critical not only in the survival of the family, but the survival of society itself. The commandment is directed at children, to sons and daughters, but there's also a word here, for parents and uh, for grandparents, too. So first, let's talk about the responsibility that sons and daughters have to honor their parents. Certainly, it means more than bringing flowers and taking them out to brunch once a year, as nice a custom as that is. To honor our parents certainly means to respect them, to treat them kindly and generously, being thoughtful and so on. The Hebrew word usually translated honor is the word kavod, means literally to give weight to, or to give power and authority to. So the commandment should read, give weight to your father and mother that you may live long in the land. That is, we are to give them weighty consideration when it comes to setting our course in life. We are to take their counsel very seriously because as scripture says, God has made our mothers and fathers to be teachers, our guides. They are God's representatives, called to communicate something of God's truth and goodness and what authority parents have is delegated by God. So God is saying in the fifth commandment, pay attention to your parents who are trying to help you get your life in order and set a good course for it. 
Give them weight in your life. Give them the importance they deserve. So that allowing our parents authority, giving them weight over our own lives, honoring them is to listen respectively to what they have to teach us. There are some beautiful passages in the book of Proverbs that urges us to be good listeners and learners at the feet of our parents. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They will be a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. Listen, my son, to a father's instruction. Pay attention to gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. When I was a boy in my father's house, still tender and only an only child of my mother, he taught me and said, Lay hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or swerve from them. In Hebrew families, the, the father was especially the, the chief spokesperson for God. He was the family storyteller. He would tell the wonders of God's love for his people. He would teach God's commandments. And the child showed honor by listening with a bent towards believing and obeying. Now, obviously, adults who are out on their own no longer have a duty to obey their parents. When the Apostle Paul later said, children, obey your parents, he was talking to youngsters who were still under their parents' roof. But nevertheless, though we who are adults may no longer have the duty to obey, it seems to me that we always have the duty to listen. Elderly parents have much wisdom to teach us if only we would take them seriously and listen. We can still give our parents weight in finding direction in life, for we can and ought to draw from their bank of wisdom built up over the years. So we honor our father and our mother when we continue to listen to them throughout life, no matter how old we are, or how old our parents are, and beyond that, when we provide for them in their old age. Now, the Hebrews never abandoned their elderly parents or neglected them. They were kept at center stage of family affairs. And though their power and active authority diminished, the parents never lost their dignity as teachers. And it's still that way in many cultures. In the Middle East, in the Far East, the elderly, the very elderly, are considered to be national treasures. They are treasured for their wisdom. Unfortunately, that isn't always so in our society where youth is worshipped. So many of the elderly in our land are kind of set aside, they're pushed aside, they're forgotten about, they aren't listened to or given proper respect. I feel badly for mothers and fathers who ignored all except for maybe the one obligatory phone call on Mother's Day or Father's Day, and that happens too often. I've met too many people in retirement homes and nursing homes, the very elderly, who are extremely lonely and who never hear from their kids. It's as if they are abandoned. That's happened time and time again. And it's sad when the very elderly parents are thought of more as burdens 
than anything else. Once there was an old man who lost his wife and he lived all alone. He had worked hard as a tailor all of his life, but misfortunes had left him penniless, and now he was so old that he couldn't make a living for himself. His hands trembled when he tried to thread a needle. His vision was blurred so that he couldn't make a straight stitch. He had three sons. They were all grown. They were married now, and they were, they were so busy with their own lives. They only had time to stop by to visit their father only now and then. But gradually, the old man grew more and more feeble, and his sons came to see him less and less. And the old man began to feel sorry for himself, began to speak to himself, saying, you know, they don't want to be around me anymore. To them, I'm just a big burden. What am I going to do with the rest of my days? And he thought about that, he stewed about it, and then all night he was up worrying about what would become of himself. Until at last he came up with a plan. The next morning he went to his friend, the carpenter, and asked him to build a large wooden chest. And then he went to his friend, the locksmith, and he asked for an old lock. And then finally he went to go see his friend, the glass blower, and asked for every piece of broken glass that he had. So the old man took the chest home, filled the chest to the top with broken glass, locked it up tight, and he put it beneath the kitchen table. The next time his sons came for dinner, they bumped their feet against it. What's in this chest? they asked, looking under the table. Oh, nothing, said their father. It's just uh, something that I've been saving for all these years. His sons kind of nudged it, and then they kind of kicked it, and they noticed it was kind of heavy, and it kind of had a jingle, it kind of had a rattle to it. And when their father was not within earshot, you know, they kind of whispered to each other, could it be that that chest is filled with gold that the old man has been saving all these years? So they talked it over, and they realized that they needed to guard the treasure. So they decided that they would take turns living with the old man, and that way they could also look after him as well. So the first week, the youngest son came and cooked and cared for their father. And the next week, the middle son came and took his turn. And then the oldest son came, stayed for a week. And then it would rotate again and again and again. This went on for some time. At last, the old father grew sick and died. And the sons gave him a very nice funeral. For they knew that there was a fortune sitting beneath the kitchen table. And they could afford to splurge now a little on the, the old man. So they gave him some really nice flowers. Beautiful coffin. Great spot to be. 
forever and ever. The cemetery plot had a view over Puget Sound. And when the funeral service was over, they hunted all through the house looking for the key. And they finally found it. They were so excited. And so they went to the chest. And they, they grabbed the chest and got it out from behind the, or under the kitchen table. And they unlocked it. Opened the lid. And, of course, they found a bunch of broken glass. And the oldest son said, what a rotten trick. How could our father have done this to his sons? That's terrible. And then the middle son said, well, but what else could he have done, really? I mean, we must be honest with ourselves. If it wasn't for this chest, we would have neglected him to the end of his days. And the youngest son just sobbed. He sobbed. He says, I'm so ashamed of myself. We forced our own father to stoop, to deceit. And we didn't observe the very commandment that we were supposed to observe in life. What we were taught when we were young. But the oldest son tipped the chest over to make sure that there was nothing valuable in the midst of all those broken pieces of glass. And so out came all the glass, littered all over the floor, till the chest was empty. And then the three brothers stared silently into the bottom of the chest, where there, pasted on a piece of paper, was an inscription, which read, Honor thy father and thy mother. We honor our father and our mother when we take them seriously and listen to them that we may learn from their wisdom. And beyond that, we show honor by caring for them in their old age and giving them the respect they so richly deserve. Our elderly parents must never become a burden or thought of in that way. Well, so far I've been speaking to sons and to daughters about their duty to honor their parents, but now I want to say a few words to mothers and to fathers and uh, grandparents too, for that matter. The assumption lying behind the commandment to honor father and mother is that they are worthy of the honor paid to them. Respect is something that has to be earned. So that if, as parents, we neglect our children, we refuse to give them our time and attention, if we refuse to take responsibility for their moral and spiritual development, if we withhold our affection from them and continually put them down, then we can't expect them to honor us. If we want our children to listen to us, then we have to be willing to listen to them so that it really works both ways. Children need to be honored too and treated with respect for the people that they are. In fact, maybe it would have been good to have 11 commandments, you know, so that after the fifth commandment, honor your father and mother, you have the sixth commandment, honor, honor your children. But then I didn't write the book, so I mean, that's just how it is. Too often parents think they own their children and can manipulate and control them at will. 
Henry Nouwen, the spiritual uh, writer, suggests that we treat our children as honored guests in our home. We ought to offer them hospitality. He says, it may sound strange to speak of the relationship between parents and children in terms of hospitality, but it belongs to the center of the Christian message that children are not, not properties to own and rule over, but gifts to cherish and care for. Our, our children are, are our most important guests who enter our home, ask for careful attention, stay for a while, and then leave to follow their own way. And now it goes on to say, I wish every parent would post these words on the bathroom mirror and read it five times a day. Our children are our most cherished guests. And now it says, I see again and again the carnage left behind when a parent substitutes manipulation for love. Our children are not our own. They belong to God. Indeed, that is uh, the meaning of infant baptism. We are reminded that our children belong to God. And as parents, grandparents, we have a job of stewardship. We steward these little people to the end that they become what God intended for them to be. God has entrusted us with their physical, emotional, and spiritual development. I mean, parents have a very high calling. Do not provoke your children to anger, says Paul, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Those words still stand. The best way to ensure our, our children's respect is to be encouraging them, not breaking their spirit by being too hard on them, but by encouraging them and bringing them up in the wisdom and in the nurture of the Lord. We, they all need direction. We're to give them guidelines and all the positive encouragement we can. Chuck Swindoll, well-known preacher, offers these words out of the mouth of babes as a reminder of our need to honor our children. Imagine your children or a child saying this to you. My hands are small. Please don't expect perfection whenever I make my bed, draw a picture, or throw a ball. My legs are short. Please slow down so I can keep up with you. My eyes have not seen the world as yours have. Please let me explore safely. Don't restrict me unnecessarily. Homework will always be there. I'm only little for a short time. Please take time to explain things to me about this wonderful world and do so willingly. My feelings are tender. Please be sensitive to my needs. Don't neg me all day long. Treat me as you would like to be treated. I am a special gift from God. Please treasure me as God intended you to do, holding me accountable for my actions, giving me guidelines to live by, and disciplining me in a loving manner. I need your encouragement to grow. Please go easy on the criticism. Remember you can criticize the things I do without criticizing me. Please give me the freedom to make decisions concerning myself. Permit me to fail so that I can learn from my mistakes. Then someday I'll be prepared to make the kind of decisions life requires of me. Please don't do things over for me. 
Somehow that makes me feel my efforts didn't quite measure up to your expectations. I know it's hard, but please don't try to compare me with my brother or sister. Please don't be afraid to leave for a weekend together. Kids need vacations from parents, just as parents need vacations from kids. Besides, it's a great way to show us kids that your marriage is very special. The commandment to honor mother and father is really double-edged. Sons and daughters, honor your mother and father by listening to them, being sure to benefit from their wisdom and experience. After all, these are people who know you better than probably anybody else. Give them the respect they deserve, even in their old age, all the more so in their old age. Mothers and fathers, grandparents, be worthy of the honor paid to you. Remember that respect has to be earned. And if both parents and children would fulfill their responsibility to each other so that both truly honor each other, the family would be greatly strengthened and all of society would benefit. Remember that this is the first commandment with a promise. Honor your father and mother that it may be well with you and that you may live long in the land. Let's pray together. Uh, gracious God, we thank you for all the, the people who have influence, who have influenced us for good in this life. We thank you for parents who were uh, good examples. And uh, we thank you, Lord, for their time and attention with us. And uh, Lord, help us to honor not just our parents, but all people, for everybody is made in your image. Help us to honor and to love others even as you have honored and loved us by giving up your life for us. Lord, there is so much good wisdom and so much counsel in people who are older than we are who have had more life experience. Help us to be sensitive and to be alert to what they might teach us, what they might say to us that might help us along our own journey of life. And then, Lord, when we're towards the end of our journey, may we be a mentor to those who are younger, that we may help them along the way. To you, Lord, be all the praise and glory forever and ever. Amen.